Thank you for tuning in to Jason DeMars Live. Every Tuesday and Friday at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time, I teach on various biblical topics. Get in contact with me at jasondemars.com. Let me know what topics you would like me to cover in future videos. I have free books and tracks available for you to order and shipping is free as well. Make sure to subscribe and click the little bell to get notified when I post a new video. Good morning everyone. God bless you. We're having trouble once again, even though I thought I troubleshooted it with the video. So I apologize for that. I'm going to try to get this in a place where it doesn't mess up for us here. But it's a bit of a struggle. So with that said, Lord bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate each and every one of you. Thankful that you're listening in. And just remind everyone, if you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, let me know. Uh, contact information is at jasondemars.com. You can see it on the screen if you're watching the video. Um, if you're listening in, send your greetings. Uh, I'd like to greet you. Uh, good morning, Brother Aaron. God bless you. Good morning, Sister Arlene. God bless you, Sister Treva. Good morning, Brother Lindsley. He says, good afternoon. Good morning from South Carolina. Good afternoon to you in Africa. Appreciate you listening in. Y'all pray for this video uh, hookup. Troubleshooting is giving me trouble. So... We're going to continue talking about the Sermon of the, on the Mount, and we're looking now further into the sixth chapter, um, starting at verse 16, if you have your Bibles with you. We're going to talk about the kingdom walk of faith. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head, thine head, and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Once again, he's warning against hypocrisy. Outward obedience, but inward desire to be seen and admired for what you're doing. This is the scribes and the Pharisees. They had strict rules. You fasted every Monday and Thursday. And often they would put ashes on their face and walk around with sorrowful and dismal faces as they did. They fasted thinking that they were showing outward repentance and that they were uh, pleasing God through this. Of course, you know, on the Day of Atonement, they were forbidden to eat and drink and to wash themselves and anoint themselves. But Jesus tells them, conceal the fact that you're fasting. 
when you're fasting, anoint yourself and wash yourself. Anoint, anointing and washing yourself was actually a sign of joy. And so he's telling them, anoint yourself and wash yourself in this whole process, which is, which is amazing because, you know, fasting was so connected in those times to repenting in dust and ashes. And Jesus is saying that that's a good thing. That was something that was in the Old Testament that was speaking about. That's the Word of God. But they were just doing it outwardly as an outward show to make it look like they were doing the right thing. But their hearts were doing it to be recognized. And, you know, the more the more religious you are in this situation, the higher your ranks come in this group of scribes and Pharisees. And so they're showing their zeal outwardly in order to be seen by people and gain a position. They're not doing it to glorify God. They're not doing it to get an answer from the Lord for something. They're not doing it from their hearts. And so Jesus says, let's bypass all that outward ostentation. Let's not do that. From now on, anoint your head, wash your face, don't throw dust and ashes on you. Let's bring correction to this. Fast so that only God knows you're fasting. Don't make an announcement. Don't put it before people. Keep it quiet as you possibly can so that God will see it and God will reward you by giving you the answer that you desire from your heart. Verse 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The word treasure there means a place of deposit. A place of deposit. So, again, this is not running contrary to Proverbs. Proverbs speaks of saving, investing, etc., preparing for the future, and it lauds it as a very important thing to do. This verse is speaking of our primary purpose in life. We provide, of course, we save. We provide for emergencies. We provide for retirement, we provide for an inheritance and such things, but we're not to selfishly hoard our wealth and lay it up on earth, but we're to lay it up in heaven. Lay up deposits in heaven. So how do we lay up a deposit in heaven? Well, we can't keep it and carry it with us from this life to that life. But when we give, when we invest our money in the kingdom of heaven and give to the poor, we're, we're actually sending a deposit to the bank of heaven where Jesus tells us we'll be rewarded a hundredfold for it. And the reason that we're supposed to do this, the reason we're supposed to send our money ahead, make our deposits in the kingdom of heaven, is because where our treasure is, there where our deposit is, where our investment is, there will our heart be also. 
So this is the treasure principle. Where you place your deposit, your heart is going to go to that. If you send your money to the missions field or to your church uh, for the kingdom of God, then your heart will be on those things. If you send your money to invest in Apple, Amazon, stock, different things, um, your heart's going to be focused on that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's good to invest. It's, it's good to put your money in something that earns something. It's, it's okay to do that. It's okay to put money uh, into a hobby or things that you enjoy doing. But, but part of what we need to do is to give. And we, we give and we invest in the kingdom of God. When we invest in the kingdom of God, our primary investment being there, you know, first we tithe, then we give our offerings, we give to the poor, to missions, etc. But when we do that, we're making a deposit in heaven, and that's where our heart is going to be. But if our heart is only on worldly things, earthly things, then, our, then it shows where we're making our investments, where we're putting our money and our time. The next verse that Jesus goes into is Matthew 6, uh, 22. says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Okay, so the light of the body is the eye. So this word, this word light, is, can also be lamp or illuminator. So through the eye uh, comes the light of the body. So your body is made up of a lot of different parts, but the light that's in the body comes through the eye. So in other words, we are, there, there is something that wants to be expressed. Light is manifestation. So this is speaking of the kind of life that you live. So the nature that you have is expressed through your, in this sense, is through your eye. Therefore, if thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. What does it mean for the eye to be single? It speaks of simple, single, whole, good, fulfilling its office, fulfilling its correct purpose. So, when we look at this verse, you could say it's the opposite of the next verse, if your eye be evil. So, if your eye be single versus evil. So you, you're looking at this sense, it's, if your eye is good, if your eye is properly functioning, then your whole body is full of light. So the light both comes through the eye to the body, and through the body out of the eye. So if your eye is evil, your whole body is full of light. So your, your eye is impacting 
what enters into you. If your eye is good, so it's what you're feeding on. So you feed on the right things that comes in and that sh shall be expressed in godliness. But if your eye is evil, it's beholding evil, and it has an evil nature, it's going to express evil. And so again, this is in the context of serving one master, God and mammon. Mammon speaks of wealth, personal wealth. So Jesus is saying, don't lay up your wealth on earth. Lay it up in heaven. When we lay it up in heaven, we're serving God. We're glorifying God. We're doing it for the right reasons, for the right purpose, and it's bringing honor to Him. People can outwardly serve the Lord, look like they're serving the Lord, but in their heart, they're serving two things. Again, your eye being single. Your eye is single and focusing on serving God. But a double-minded person is trying to serve God and money. And the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And so this instability that comes from that, it's, it's a life and an eye full of darkness. You know, in the, in, in the Jewish language, um, someone who is a wicked person, they say he has an evil eye. And when someone is a godly person, it says they have a good eye. It means that they're, they're, they're giving, they're kind, they're caring. Okay? So, someone with that good, single, simple eye, they're focused on God. They've surrendered everything to God, their money, their time, all of it belongs to Him. Someone with an evil eye will say, I can serve God and money at the same time. No, you can't. No, you can't. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. The word take no thought there is says to do not, do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious for your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat? and the body more than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? So let's just stop there a minute. So it says, don't be anxious for your life. Don't be anxious for what? For what you eat, what you drink, and the clothes that you wear is not the life more. What does that mean? Is not the life more. The suke. Suke in Greek means the breath. The breath. It also speaks of the soul. Is not the soul 
more than meat and the body more than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air. So this is the context is that God created you, body, soul, and spirit. Is not your soul more than food and the body more than clothes? Yes, absolutely. God made you in his image and he promised to meet our needs. God provides for birds even though they don't uh, prepare for winter and, har and harvest food and so forth. They're just living, walking by what we would say we would walking by faith. Just trusting that God will meet their needs. This is what Jesus is trying to get our eyes on. In, in this world, not everybody, but many people, they're looking and they're preparing, constantly preparing for the future, saving up, laying up, laying up investments, laying up food and money and so forth for the future, but not thinking about the judgment, not thinking about preparing themselves for heaven or hell, and, and, and not preparing themselves for heaven um, they wind up in hell. And so your Heavenly Father feeds them. Don't, don't worry. Don't be anxious about food and drink and, and your body. Trust God. Trust God. We are, more, we are more valuable than the birds of heaven. So we don't need to be anxious about our needs. God will meet them. Uh, 27, which of you, by taking thought, again, the word is to, to be anxious, which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit? Cubit is the length of your forearm. So a little over, a little over a foot. Can you add a foot to your height by being anxious? And why are you anxious for and why do you take ye thought for raiment? Why are you anxious for clothing? Consider the lily of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in, into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Clothed, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, seek, for your heavenly Father knows you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these th things shall be added unto you. God is a provider. He has promised to provide. This doesn't mean you don't need to work, just sit and rest and don't do anything, and God will provide for you. That's not what this is telling you at all. It's not telling you that you shouldn't save, because the scripture tells us we should save, we should invest, we should, it says a good man leaves inheritance to his children's children, so his great-grandchildren. And so, uh, it's not canceling out other scriptures. What it's doing is, 
balancing out the heart. Jesus is looking at anxiety, take no thought. Uh, if you look at it that way, take no thought, um, that's contrary to Scripture. Take no thought. No, it's not saying take no thought. It's saying don't be anxious. Don't worry about your food, your clothing, what you will drink. God will provide. You do the things that he asks you to do. Work hard. Pray. Read your Bible. And let God take care of the rest. He will make a way. Again, you know, Jesus is speaking to people that are, are subsistence living. They're living off of gardening. They're living off of having animals. They're living off of trading. And it's much of it is dependent on the rain and the weather and different things like that, what the Romans will do for taxes. He's saying, don't worry about that. Don't worry about having your needs met. You seek first the kingdom of God. Be obedient to the word. When you're obedient to the word and you seek God first, God will make sure that you'll be provided for. You might face difficulties. You might face trials. But I've ne he says, David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. You might face difficulties. You might face lean times. But God promised to provide your needs. We need to trust him and seek his kingdom first. Seeking first the kingdom of God doesn't mean being a lazy bum laying on your couch. It means working hard. It means being wise. It means saving, investing. It means, <laughs> it means doing the right things that the scripture pres prescribes. But it doesn't, it doesn't mean seek those things and make that your whole focus. Seek first the kingdom of God. Be obedient to the Lord. Be obedient to the word regardless of those around you. And God will add to you food, drink, and clothing. Therefore, take no thought. Again, therefore, do not be anxious for the morrow. For the morrow shall be anxious, for take thought. For, the, for tomorrow shall be anxious about the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So, Solomon speaks about this. Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. And so he, he looks at this life, looks at everything on the earth, and he says it's vanity. But then he says, under heaven, under heaven, what is it? What is what are we supposed to do? To love God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. When you look at, if we're just looking at it, naturally speaking, life has little meaning. Life has little meaning. You work, you toil, and what do you get for it? You get death. But when we look at it in light of the kingdom of God, 
under, under God's heaven, we realize that all of it is full of meaning and purpose. But the problem is, is when we get our focus on these things in this life, providing and meeting the needs of these things in this life, instead of surrendering our life to God, let Him work and handle these things in our lives, and let Him provide for our needs, we become anxious, we become worried, we become fearful. We're not supposed to do that. God provided for today, tomorrow, don't worry about it. You can worry about tomorrow, tomorrow, and tomorrow, don't worry either. Trust that God will provide. We're not supposed to take any thought. We're not supposed to be anxious about clothing, about food, and about drink, things we need to survive. God is our provider. Look to Him. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to finish up there. Um, we have chapter 7 to continue on next week. We will go, go through that, speaking on Monday mostly about judging, so judging others and what it means to judge not. So uh, a few more people have sent their greetings. Sister Chantel from Madawaska, God bless you. Brother Piotr, God bless you. Appreciate you all listening in. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the service on Sunday, and may God bless you. Thank you for listening to Jason DeMar's live podcast. New episodes are posted every Tuesday and Friday. We thank you all for listening in. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube to watch the video portion of this. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you.